On the Road with DW. I guess um, the last time, last episode, I should have finished up with the um, trip to Bethlehem. So you know, we finished going through the Way of the Cross and ended up with the, the Holy Sepulchral Church. And that was interesting. Uh, one thing that it was so crowded, and I'm sure you've heard other people talk about this too, and if you've been, you know. Uh, someone asked one of the attendants how many people come through the Church of the Holy Sepulchre a year, and they said it's about four million. So you can imagine dividing four million people in a year by 365 days, and it is an amazing number of people coming through that building and going through uh, essentially that shrine every day. So it felt very rushed. It felt um, very much like that scene. And, and it wasn't as, as rude as the scene in Luther, but it, it felt like that. You wait and wait and wait, and then you have about 20 seconds um, looking at the, the various sites. Uh, we saw, um, like I said last time, the uh, place where they believe the cross was, a place of preparation for his burial and then the place of burial. One thing that's interesting too, then we went on to uh, Bethlehem, which is in the West Bank, went through security. We ate at a fantastic restaurant, the Nissan restaurant there in Bethlehem, highly recommend it. And the Nissan gift store that has uh, a trade in olive wood. Um, these are it's a set of families, Christian Palestinian families, that their sole income and, and uh, and his sole means of survival really is the olive wood trade. And they have some fantastic artists there. So if you're in the Holy Land, I definitely recommend buying your olive wood souvenirs in Bethlehem when you go see the Church of the Nativity. There again, it just felt very rushed at the Church of the Nativity. Um, rushed in the sense that you wait in line for a long time. It wasn't fast, but once you finally get um, to the place, uh, where they believed Jesus was born. It was uh, pretty quickly rushed. I mean, you, I took some photographs. Um, it, was, it, was, it was kind of a moving time. I mean, it's um, definitely not, you know, the little wooden mangers that we see and so on. These, were, these animals were kept in a small cave near the house and um, fed in a, in a carved out stone manger. So, you know, it's if it's not the place, it's a place very similar to what we expect would be uh, the place where Mary and Joseph could, could uh, stay the night. Anyway, that was a fantastic experience. Um, I could go on a little bit about the, the uh, security concerns in the West Bank and the wall and all of that stuff, but to, to be honest, I don't, I mean, to, for me to sit there and, and uh, state a bunch of opinions about security either way, um, I would be speaking out of ignorance. I mean, I've looked at the issue some, but um, you know, I'd prefer not to, to spout my opinions at this time. Uh, but that was a fantastic day. So really, that was the end of, of the day a couple of days ago. Yesterday, uh, we got up fairly early and went to uh, the Mount of Olives, and that was just an amazing view. It's great to start there because you see the city in the morning, the sun's behind you. And uh, so sunrise in, in Jerusalem is, is fantastic. From, from the east, you can see 
just the, the sun lighting up all of the, the limestone buildings. Of course, you have the Dome of the Rock and, and the uh, Al-Aqsa Mosque on the Temple Mount. You see the, um, the Eastern Gate. Of course, it's the Byzantine Eastern Gate. The Eastern Gate of Jesus' time is probably a couple of stories below the surface. Uh, I took a ton of pictures there. We got some group photos with Jerusalem in the background. And then we walked the path from the Mount of Olives um, down to the Gethsemane Church, the Church of All Nations. And that was a very nice time of walking. Uh, it's a funny story that as soon as we started on that path, you've got some street vendors selling scarves and, and various uh, guidebooks and so on. It, was, uh, it had a, you know, a kind of a bizarre feel. And the fellow was offering scarves for uh, five for twenty dollars, okay. And so, a couple of ladies in our group bought some scarves, and then we go about another two hundred yards. We turn a couple of turns, um, and there's the same guy in the same car selling the same scarves. And now they're seven dollars for seven scarves for twenty dollars. <laughs> and so she talked to him and kind of complained and said, "Wait a minute, your price was more expensive up the hill. Now it's lower." can I get the current deal? And he said, yeah, so he gave her a couple more scarves. So she made it, he made it right, but it was really funny. Everybody in the group was laughing how, you know, uh, if she'd only waited, she'd have gotten more. And anyway, it was, it was a really fun time. We also saw uh, a uh, kind of a garden tomb up there. It wasn't anything like, uh, you know, the tomb of Jesus. I mean, I say it wasn't claimed to be the tomb of Jesus but it was a garden tomb carved out of the rock and it was really interesting to, to look inside and to um, see also the ossuary boxes. So after the body decays, then uh, the bones are preserved in these stone boxes and they can carve ornaments on them, ornamentation and names of people and so on. And they found an ossuary that maybe the high priest Caiaphas, it's very ornate. And these are, uh, you know, first century practices for managing the dead. So the, the person would be taken off of the shelf and their bones placed in an ossuary and the ossuary would be stored in the, the family tomb. And then, you know, as, as you die, then you would go in the same tomb. And so when they talk about in the Old Testament, and he was, he was gathered to his fathers or placed with his fathers, that was uh, literally true. You know, you were placed in the same tomb as all of your ancestors. So that was pretty interesting. The uh, Garden of Gethsemane was just very nice, very moving. Uh, the ancient olive trees there, they, now the, you know, our guide told us that the Romans cut down every tree within 10 miles of the city to, um, when they were encamped there in 70 AD. But that doesn't mean that the roots were killed. So many of these trees probably sprung up from the roots of the first century. They are, there are definitely, you know, one of them was uh, easily six feet across the trunk. Uh, they're hollow. Uh, when they get that big, they're hollow trees, still producing branches and, and olives and so on. So it's a fantastic uh, site to visit, the Church of All Nations. And inside you can, um, it's a very dark cathedral as you, uh, because it's, again, it's focused on Jesus' prayer for the cup to pass from him. So it was a very dark time in, in the scriptures. And so, uh, the, the, you know, the church has a very 
mournful feel, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, we spent some time walking through that church. Uh, again, the crowds were, were really thick. And then we walked, we got actually got on our bus and, and uh, let's see, it's hard to remember what we've done in order because we've done so much here in Jerusalem that, that it kind of blends together. We went to the Holocaust Museum and went, walked through that. That was uh, very, very moving. I had seen much of it before. I'd seen a lot of documentaries on the Holocaust and, and some of the more popular movies like Schindler's List and so on. So very familiar with the atrocities. Can't think of anything new that I learned necessarily. It was just interesting to go through it with the, with the people here in Jerusalem. Uh, lots, actually we saw several, uh, I guess it looks like maybe what you would call an ROTC group of young ladies. There were about 40 or 50 of them coming through in, in squads of 10 or 15 going through the museum. People of all nationalities going through the museum, but also at every, every site we've been to. It's just amazing the the diversity here and, and people from, we've met people from Korea, from Nigeria, from Ethiopia. Um, there's a lot of Russians, a lot of Russian Jews that live here that speak Russian rather than Hebrew. And uh, our guide knows Russian, he knows Arabic, he knows Hebrew, English. I mean, it's been phenomenal to just watch him interact with the different people and somehow he knows which language to use. It's pretty amazing. We saw a a huge model of the old city of Jerusalem. This was so helpful. We probably should have seen that first, but it's a scale model showing the first, second, and third walls of the, city, the old city um, dated to around 70 AD, right before it was destroyed. And it's just fantastic. You can walk around. It's probably um, 30 or 40 yards across. I mean, it's very large. Um, and so we could see the Pool of Siloam, the Pool of Bethesda, the Sheep Gate, the uh, Damascus Gate that we've been going in and out of, the Essene Gate that, um, that the disciples and Jesus most likely used to um, go from the Last Supper out to the Garden, uh, to the Mount of Olives in the Garden of Gethsemane. So we were able to follow their path visually on this model and to talk about the different events in the Bible. It's really, it was a fantastic time. Oh, let's see. Um, oh, we went to another museum dedicated to the, the uh, Museum of the Book, which has got a nice exhibit on the Dead Sea Scrolls. And so we actually got to see um, uh, actual fragments of Isaiah and, and a reproduction of the Isaiah Scroll. And it's just a really beautiful museum, definitely worth visiting. And then also I saw down below that was the Codex of Aleppo, which dates to, um, I think it was 136 BC. So uh, here is a collection of the full Old Testament um, in a book. So, you know, these um, claims that the canon was not finalized or was the canon was invented in 300 AD is just absolutely not true. The scriptures were in use in synagogues across the world in uh, at least, you know, 
at least by 136 BC because the, the uh, Aleppo Codex has, uh, has all of them there. And now that's the Old Testament. The, the New Testament, of course, we know that the canon in 312 was, I, w I like to say it was discovered rather than defined when the bishops reported together at that, at that council the scriptures that they were using in their congregations and the congregations beneath them, uh, there was a remarkable similarity. So without any top-down order to the canon, the canon was essentially discovered by seeing what was in common use in all of the churches already. It's as if the Spirit had guided them to the correct writings to treat as scripture. And so they essentially codified it at 312, but they didn't define it. It was more discovered by, the, by common use in the churches. I think that's it. Um, it was a very busy day. We were pretty tired at the end of it. And uh, today we have to look forward to uh, going to the Garden Tomb, where we'll have communion. We will also see the Temple Mount area. So I look forward to telling you about that. Have a great day. On the road with DW.